The Cardinals fall 19-9 to the Seattle Seahawks on the road. The first road loss for the Cardinals this season. They now drop to 2-4 to start the season. Welcome into Morning Scramble presented by Verizon alongside Q McCorvey and Jody Jackson. I'm Danny Sarek. We're now a third of the way through the season, 2-4, and and simply put, this team is not playing good enough. Quite frankly, not even close to playing the way that they need to play, and they're definitely not playing complimentary football. We're going to get into main dish, however, a little different than normal. We're going to keep this generic. Looking through the 2-4 and season, Q, what is the identity of this team? That's the problem, Danny. We haven't found an identity. I mean... One game you have defense stepping up and offensive playing comp- or catching up and playing the football late in the half, and then one week you have offense stepping up and defense kind of just lacking. So this team has not found an identity yet, and that's the biggest problem. And we have Dehab coming back, and but that's not the identity. This team is not DeAndre Hopkins. So I think the biggest thing this Thursday in the short week we have to figure out what that identity is. And I think that offensively, what we came into this season thinking it was what were explosive plays. But the longest pass play of the season was yesterday, 32 yards to Zach Ertz. And that is just not the recipe for success for this team. So the to me, there is no identity until you can get out of your own way on offense. I think the identity of the defense has been getting it done the Vance Joseph way, which is just any way that you absolutely can. And we've seen that and getting the best out of those players. Um, we're going to get into the defense, Danny, I know a little bit more, but Identity on offense, to me, you're lost if you don't stop making these mistakes. Poor execution. And Kyler has to be the star that we've seen him be. Unfortunately, he's missing receivers. He's making mistakes. The identity is lost without him playing at a high level. There's no consistency offensively. There's no consistency throughout the games, and there's no consistency from week to week. The offense does something well. And then the next week, that's a problem because it seems like they're focusing on an aspect they didn't do well the previous week. When you look at the defense, to me, the defense is doing its job. It's doing what they're being asked. They are shutting down the opponents, the main opponents from their opposing offense. They are stopping the run enough. They are keeping the points low on the board. It's the offense's job that needs to come in and seal the deal. And that's where this team is lacking. Special teams, we've seen fake punts pulled off. They had a touchdown against the Seahawks yesterday. So it's this offense, to me, th- th- that's where the finger is getting pointed. I know that this is a team game, but it's the offense that isn't consistent. And because of that, the Cardinals have now found themselves the bottom of the standings in the NFC West at 2-4. and four. Now, every other team is 3-3, three and three, so it's not like the division is completely <laughs> lost. However, I feel like what we have seen from this team, they're very close to digging themselves in a hole that is too deep to come well, out that, of. That's what's so frustrating, Danny and Q, is that the NFC – is there's no there's not a lot of dominance by anyone. It's wide open in many respects. And yet I've sat here and we all have to some extent, but really lamenting, you know, the Rams loss, the Eagles loss, and then this game against the Seahawks. I mean, this is the same team that was about to tie the game against the Eagles, who are, are still the only undefeated team in the NFL. They just they didn't look like a group that was ready to come out and, and play a lesser Seahawks team. I don't think that they took them lightly. This is the NFL. These guys know better than that. But, you know, you're right. The NFC is and, – and that's why it's not too late, but that is why. And I, I think this is, you know, Captain Obvious here. They have to win on Thursday. Yeah. Do they not? They, they ha- have to win it, on Thursday. Find Sunday a was a must-win game. I mean, you think about this team. We could really be four and two, five and one, and have an entire opening in this division. But now we're sitting, like, like you said, Danny, we're sitting at the bottom of the division, zero and two in the division, 
two and four in the entire first six games. There is no identity to this team, and it was a must-win game, getting to 500 before D-Hop comes back, and they just were not able to get it done. That's key is being 0-2 in divisional wins. Because the standings are so close, that's going to be the next tiebreaker of overall record is divisional wins. So now the Cardinals are 0-2, which makes not only every win, but every divisional win coming up that much more important. Let's get a little more specific against the Seahawks on Sunday. We're going to start with the offense because there was hope in the beginning. This team has struggled off the jump. For the first time, the Cardinals scored a point in the first quarter. They were moving the chains on that drive. They were in the red zone. However, you're in the red zone and you walk away with three points. While that is good enough in the sense that they finally put points on the board, it's not good enough that you come away with three points. And for I believe it sits week 16 against the Colts last season. That was the last time the Cardinals scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Three points, Q, is just not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I was on the verge of tweeting first quarter points with a little eye emoji, but I was like, we should have scored a touchdown there. I mean, every single, like, Kyler missing a throw on the goal line, just falling out of his hands. It, as the franchise quarterback, you just can't do that, and especially when you know this team needs a little bit of boost. And like, there was just never any confidence in this team, and you never saw it from after that first drive to the end of the game. There was never a confidence that we could really win this game. I think you're right on the miss to Hollywood in the end zone there. I think that, you know, and that's a connection they really relied on. Hollywood, unfortunately, we're going to find out what's going on with the foot injury. That did not look good at all. But those two, those guys have a connection, and, and you didn't really see it yesterday, unfortunately. It, it faded for whatever reason. But, yeah, when, when Kyler missed Hollywood Brown in the end zone there, you're like, okay, we'll take the points. Um, Amendola made that short kick. And you just thought, okay, well, it's three. It's not what we wanted, but we saw enough in that first drive that it looks like they're going to move the ball here. And it just didn't happen. And, and I want to say this because I have been very critical of um, – you know, Kyler and some of the skill guys, you know, Rondale Moore dropped a ball. Some of that was certainly not on point, but they got beat on the line of scrimmage. And that was, to me, the most disturbing thing, because everything that you saw from Seattle coming into yesterday was that this is a defense that is getting run over in the run game, which leads to opening up the pass game. Just a lot of big numbers against this defense. And unfortunately, at the point of attack, you saw the Cardinals getting whipped. And I know there were injury. I know there have been injuries on this O line, offensive lines throughout the league. Right, those guys they battle. It's hard to stay healthy on the line. Um, and then Justin Pugh leaving didn't help. But Sean Harlow struggled. Brian Monet was in there for Al Woods, and he he looked great. He we talking about Aaron Donald wrecking things. I mean Brian Monet was wrecking things in the middle. So I definitely do not absolve the you know the line. There were six sacks, which again you look, usually look at the line. I, I wouldn't say they were all on the line. But at that point, that's the other thing about Kyler Murray is that, you know, again, it kind of comes back to Kyler. He usually can get around some of that with his mobility, you know, and that's what makes him so special and what a a valued player that he is because, you know, again, offensive line, there's a lot of attrition there, and he's the kind of player that can usually get out of that. And he had 100 yards, Danny. He had 100 yards, and the Cardinals lost this game. How did that happen? <laughs> that usually is not the case when Kyler uses his legs, no. and that was clearly 
the game plan from the jump on that first drive, second and third downs, design runs for Kyler Murray. And you're right, Jody, normally Murray is able to scramble and evade those sacks and, and escape that pressure. And he kept getting tripped up and he had the fumble that he lost when the ball was punched out. And I will say it was nice that even after that fumble, he was still running. I didn't see a sense of that fear of, okay, let's cut it back. And I guess if you're looking for a bright spot, that was one that he still had that confidence to use his legs. But you're right. Fast start, they move the chains, and then that was it. You don't find the end zone. And once again, going back to my point of the Cardinals found something they had to work on and they fixed it, and then they dropped the ball in other aspects. And you're right, Kyler Murray was sacked for, he was sacked six times for 51 yards. And on the first two drives, the Cardinals had 24 plays for 131 yards and six first downs. The next seven, 34 plays for 120 yards and six first downs. That is truly unbelievable. Yeah. Seven possessions, six first downs. It's yeah. it's crazy. And and the, this just this tells me, and this is why. And I know they had to walk through this week because they're trying to preserve their bodies for this Thursday. Thursday night football is hard. It's fundamentals. Some of the fundamental things are not happening, and and I'm not sure why. There's no, and that's why there really were not a lot of answers after after the ball game. Both Cliff and Kyler saying. Yeah, this is kind of new for us. Offense has usually not been difficult. There have been spots where it's hard. Like last week, we saw it break down at the very end. But, you know, this has usually not been a problem for these guys, and they don't have the answer right now. Yeah, going into the season, everyone's like, all right, our offense is going to get us through. Our defense is going to be struggling. And and now we look at it, and it's the exact opposite. Our offense cannot find their identity, and our defense is showing up week in and week out. And... We just can't figure it out. That said, because, again, we can circle around here. I know the fans are doing the same thing. You're circling, you're circling, you come up with how do you fix it. You're not quite, you know, it just has to get fixed. It has to get fixed in practice or whatever it is. Obviously, practice is very different than a game. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, you look at this team and you say, they can flip the switch. We've seen it. That's the crazy part about this. They've flipped the switch before. Now they have to do it, and they have to do it Thursday. It was the only game in what feels like a while that, even though being from behind, the Cardinals didn't feel in it. Usually that's how you feel at the end of the game is there's a chance they can come back, and that just wasn't there Sunday in Seattle. They utilized wide receiver Rondell Moore a lot more vertically. They had multiple 20-plus yards in the air, which is not something we have seen from this offense. So why can't they find the end zone? That, that's what I'm wondering is if you're making those changes, and we see those little changes this week, why are they still not able to put touchdowns on the board? And after the game, Kyler Murray said himself, these are self-inflicting wounds. This isn't what they're seeing from the defense. The changes have to be made from within. And head coach Cliff Kingsbury touched on the same thing in his press conference after the game. What he's seeing from his team in practice is not translating into the game. But who does that fall on? Is that the coaching staff? Is that the players not executing? That's something that they have to figure out in a short week. I think it's everyone. They have to look in the mirror to answer the question. I've avoided – I've tried to avoid just saying, let's wait for D-Hop, let's wait for D-Hop. But he will help in the touchdown department. He's a guy that catches touchdowns. (laughs) That's what he does. Problem is Zach Ertz also does that. Um, He hasn't, you know, done it as much. We certainly didn't see it yesterday. But, you know, all of these things, it's a mystery. Why has A.J. Green been ineffective? Why do we not see Greg Dortch more? You know, all of the questions that I have um, when I'm watching these games. And, and again, I, I think I've made it clear. I feel like it com- comes back to Kyler. But, yes, you have to use your personnel in a way that, uh, you know, Greg Dortch, to me, didn't do anything to lose that playing time. Rondell Moore came back 
maybe there's a way you can use them both. I mean, Rondell Moore, I know, I think, I think Cliff made it clear, um, you know, again, we, we listen to everything he says to try to understand what's going on at practice. You, you know, you obviously, we, we all, um, at least I can't watch the whole entire practice, but, <laughs> um, you know, you try to understand what's going on. And I think the reality, he mentioned time on task. Again, the feelings, if Rondell's out there in game situations, that's the only way he's going to get back into the flow and get better. But, you know, again, you, do, you don't like to see the drop. You don't see the, uh, I don't like to see the miscommunication between Zach Ertz and Kyle. I mentioned that last week. That has to get fixed. And that's new. I, I think, you know, some of those yesterday, again, we're, we're not in, in the room watching with the coaches. I looked at it. Sometimes I've seen it as miscommunication. Yesterday I saw it as Kyler missing him, just being a little off. Zach had to, Zach had to, uh, to make a couple of those catches, make quite an effort. It wasn't, like, smooth mm-hmm. like you would expect it to be, like we've seen Kyler with his receivers in the past. I'm not sure why that's not clicking the way that it should be. Um, so yeah, I just it just <laughs> wasn't a Kyler Murray game. I mean, like yeah. we said, we missed he missed the goal line uh, throw and it just slipped out of his hand. And then the Rondo Moore on third down or fourth down was it the short the throw was short. It was a little it just, short, and yeah. It just wasn't a Kyler Murray game. And the pass to Ertz, it was a deep pass and Ertz was wide open and overthrew him to the right. So I mean, on that one, I think Ertz was kind of bumped off his route a little bit, but still, it just was not a Kyler Murray game. And it was like one of those ones that were like. Let's get together. Like, we were right there. Yeah. Like, where is it? Why can't we find it? And the run game, you know, again, we haven't mentioned the run game at all. If we have, if, if you have James Conner out there, is it different? Possibly. But, again, the problems on the offensive line and the fact that the Seahawks D-line, the Seahawks, and I keep mentioning Brian Monet and that group, a couple other guys were, were blowing up those plays. So, you know, Eno – Tried mightily, didn't gain a lot of yardage. Um, maybe we see more of Keontae Ingram. I liked what I saw a little bit from Keontae Ingram in that game. I mean, maybe maybe he's a guy that could get yeah, some more time. I definitely think that was a part of the defensive, the offensive line problem where the defensive line knew we weren't going to run the ball. So just pressure Kyler, pressure Kyler. They're not going to run the ball. They had, I think, you know, ran for 15 touches, 15 Which, touches. But so. 37 yards or something? Yeah. I, I'm just... Yeah, you know the other thing is they ran a lot. You run early. I'm okay with that. It's almost like they went in with the mentality we're going to gash them, but didn't. Then you're in third and long all day. You're right. James Conner out with a ribs injury. Daryl Williams out with a knee in a knee injury, and so they relied on Eno Benjamin and a little bit of rookie Keontae Ingram. I got. I have to have some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Need that energy. (laughs) Not only uh, feelings. Not only was this offense affected by not having DeAndre Hopkins. We saw against Seattle, this offense was greatly affected by not having their kicker, Matt Prater, who's been dealing with a right hip injury. Matt Amendola, the kicker they've had the last two games, has a history of missing right. Fox showed that in the pregame last week, and that was the game-tying field goal that was missed right. This week, he overcompensated on the PAT, and he missed left. And so the Cardinals were more aggressive on fourth down. And it's easy to understand why at that point they kept going for it. They were one of five on fourth downs. I believe three of those were within field goal range. And Kingsbury touched on that in his postgame press conference that had Matt Prater been available, they would have gone for some of those field goals. And in a game like that, where you lose 19 to nine, those are points that win you the game. And we all know Seattle and Arizona. It has come down to field goals many a time. And so it was the case again, even though it wasn't because of the vaunted, you know, going in again, it wasn't like this vaunted Seattle defense like we used to see all the time. But they played well yesterday. So here's to you, Matt Prater. Kicker appreciation. 
right now because it does matter. And we we know this, right? That's why they signed Matt Prater. Very reliable, big leg, you know, and unfortunately he's hurt right now. So I could sit here and whine about, you know, going forward on fourth down, but that's really the approach. I sat here last year and talked about the limitations of Amendola and, and why, again, not to rehash, but Kyler missing Zach Ertz going down the field last week against Philly. Kyler being short on the – that all mattered so much because, to me, to ask Matt Amendola to have that kick, to try to make that kick, might have been a little too much to ask. I, I, I was fine with them knowing those limitations yeah. going into this game. That's smart. That's smart football. But, unfortunately, without Matt Prater, you weren't able to get those things done. And I do think – you know, again, I'm old school. We were talking before we went on air, you know. I, I like kicking – I'm okay with kicking field goals. You Just know, get but, points on the but board. But that's not the identity of this team, and it served them – well in the good times right when they were 10 and 2 last year going forward on fourth down more than any other team and making it more than any other team in the league has served this team well my you know me personally i'm fine with taking the points a lot of the time i I would probably do it differently but um the the reality is yesterday they didn't have that option because um matt prater i think early in the year we had Matt Prater, who was healthy, and we still were going for it on those fourth downs and converting. And so I don't think it was entirely a Matt Prater situation. But when you think about it, when we had the punt block for a touchdown and the team is ready to get back in it, we were down, I think, was it six at that point? Or is it three? We we would have been down two. It would have been nine. Nine to three. Nine, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it just sucks out all the momentum of the team. I mean, it's an extra point. As a literal gimme. Like, literal gimme, make the point, one score game, and can take the lead. And then it just gets sucked out. So I think mentally, and it was, it, we didn't have the confidence going back to it. I mean, having confidence in your kicker is such a given. And just to, everyone takes it for granted. And then we lose Matt Prater. We saw it last year when we lost uh, Andy Lee on the holds, and it was just everything is off. So um, it's weird to think about, but the kicking game matters, and we saw it yesterday. Definitely affected the Cardinals' performance. Let's look at the defense. Again, bright spots. Now you can smile. See, you need a coffee. I'm going to help you out. We're going to talk about the defense, who is once again doing its job. Key, where were the bright spots defensively in Seattle for the Cardinals? Get into the quarterback. I mean, we had six sacks going into the game in the entire season in five games and had five yesterday. So almost doubled our number of getting to the quarterback, which is extremely. And then we saw a lot of our rookies stepping up. Maje Sanders getting his first NFL sack. Cam Thomas getting his first NFL sack. So that, the defensive line, was getting to the quarterback. Um, And then shout out to Byron Murphy. Um, Besides the Kansas City game, because we're not going to talk about that one anymore. Um, Byron has locked down the top receiver every single game we played. Devonta Adams, two catches for 12 yards. Cooper Cup, four catches for 44 yards. DJ Moore, six catches for 50 yards. AJ Brown, three catches for 32 yards. And then DK Metcalf yesterday, two catches for 34 yards. All of their number one receivers who are averaging over 50 yards a game, not a single one of them had 50 yards in any of those games with Byron Murphy. So Byron Murphy is playing on Byron Murphy Island and locking up wide receiver one. So the problem is we can't stop the run game. We can't stop the run game and they're running down our throats. And in the most crucial time exactly. yesterday, that was what was disappointing. They they did, you know, Walker had that big run and there were some missed tackles. Um, A lot of uh, missed tackles. I, yeah, on that one particular play even. I mean, I remember Dogby almost, but it wasn't just... 
Dogby, there were a few other guys that missed on that particular play, and that was just a, break, a backbreaker. But you're right, Byron uh, in coverage, Antonio Hamilton, Marco Wilson. I mean, these guys played very well, high level. Like you said, shutting down those receivers, Geno Smith was able to connect on deep plays in a lot of these other games. He really didn't do that yesterday. Um, and, my yeah, my Jay Sanders. Like, shout out to, you're right, Cam, Cam Thomas, um, you know, Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins was, you know, that's the guy that I wanted to talk about. But when you mentioned my Jay Sanders, I do want to say, I think him rushing off the edge is going to be very effective. I think Vance Joseph was deploying him in great situations. And But to me, Zayvon Collins, this game just proved – he continues to progress. That is a great sign for this defense. And I think he, you know, he has the makings potentially of a superstar if he keeps learning each week at this rate. And we know he can play physically. So it's matching, you know, that that comfort level with the physical ability, which is off the charts. That's a hot take and I love it. Has, hot take? Like has it. gone a bit under the radar the improvements we have seen from Zayvon Collins while also calling the defense something that has been asked of him to do as that first round draft pick. Those were his first career sacks as yeah. well. First from IJ Sanders and Cam Thomas. And that was only the second active game for Sanders. Last week against Philly was the first time he'd been active. Cardinals make the decision to cut Devon Kennard, the veteran, this week. And MyJ Sanders comes and he steps up and he plays well in his second game. It's not just Byron Murphy who was just on DK Metcalf. I want to touch on that cue. He was also going with Tyler Lockett. The two of them, Lockett and Metcalf, combined for just four catches for 51 yards. Byron Murphy is playing exactly how you want to play in a contract year. No question about it. Yeah. And it, it was the the run that was the problem for the defense. And that's that's what you would kind of, I don't know if you would expect. You had Rashard Lawrence coming back, but this is a Pete Carroll offense. So you know what they're going to do and you know what to expect. And and I'm not saying they didn't expect the rookie Kenneth Walker III to come in and run. And he had 97 rushing yards and a touchdown. Vance Joseph earlier in the week before the game said that they were going to have to stop the run first. And he expected good things from this rookie, especially in a Pete Carroll offense. It was the missed tackles. They knew it what was, was coming, the, the and they, they, they couldn't stop the him. Well, the, the Pete Carroll uh, offense, you're right. I mean, many times they were lining up, no, no receivers out wide. You knew exactly what they were going to do. And in short yardage, it worked many times. I mean, again, it's hard to nitpick this defense, but I liked what I saw for the most part. But, yeah. There, there were some issues on offense because that's what they do well. I think that's the problem This, the last six games is we can't stop the run. I mean, we, like we said, Byron is locking down our second and third cornerbacks are locking down. Our safeties aren't letting many things go over the top. It's We just can't stop the run, and I think it goes to tackling. They break that first, second tackle, and the running backs are off to the races, and there's so much space behind them, so it's tackling. Another plus for me this game, it was a second straight week of defensive players not named J.J. Watt making a difference and showing up on the stat sheet, which is important. Let's go in to bring home the bacon. We're going to look ahead because a superstar is returning to the Cardinals offense and there might not be a better time for them to get a little extra spark. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins has completed his six-game suspension for violating the league's PED policy. He's been around the facility the last couple of weeks. He's able to be in meetings. He still has to work out on his own. However, that changes this week. He can be back on the practice field. He's going to play Thursday night against the Saints. How significant will this offense look? How, how much different will this offense look having Hopkins on the field? One, when he hasn't played in six weeks. And two, it's a short week. Well, I would love to see him out there with Hollywood Brown, but unfortunately, 
And we can't have nice things apparently here because <laughs> just when you're looking forward to getting not only DeAndre out there but seeing that combination, and unfortunately it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. But you're right, Danny. He's a superstar. He makes a huge difference. And I know there's been some talk about, well, what can he do? Can he make an impact? He hasn't been playing. I mean, if you watch him on Instagram and all the things that he does, this guy's a true pro. He's well-conditioned. He's got all, you know, he's putting everything out there as far as what he's been doing this last few months. And yeah, he's been around the facility. I mean, he and Kyler have an incredible connection. He's supremely talented in every possible way. And I expect him to make a huge difference this week. Um, and that's not to say football's not difficult to jump in and, and, and do it. But uh, again, he's been doing it for many years. So you're right, Danny. It, it comes at a great time. They need him more than ever. Q, like you mentioned, you hate to, you know, rely on, well, I should say, I, I hate to rely on one guy, <laughs> but you put it out there, They this might be the recipe for um, all the ills, the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, D-Hop is D-Hop, but unfortunately, I don't think he's going to solve all of our problems. I mean, it does help a lot. Like you said, Hollywood being out is going to hurt because, I mean, you take away Hollywood from the D-Hop situation, and D-Hop is going to have every everyone's game planning for D Hop. So your first cornerback, your lockdown receiver is on D Hop. And now that same receiver or cornerback that's been locking down Hollywood, or not locking him down because Hollywood's been playing amazing the last five weeks, um, six weeks, uh, bearing the injury last week, um, leaves Hollywood open and can do the things that he is used to doing in the slot or out wide and going deep in the deep threat. So that unfortunately is going to be lost for we're not sure how long, but hopefully it's Hollywood did say the test came back, the MRI came back negative. So um, hopefully it's not as long as we think, but it is a short okay. week. So that's the hard part. It's Thursday. Exactly. So. It's a short I mean, week. So look, I keep repeating it. AJ Green, you know, Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch, Greg Dorch, whatever you need to do. And yeah, I mean, it's tough for like on a jump ball like that. We kind of saw that in Hollywood. He had the incredible leaping, he had a couple incredible leaping catches this season, one against the, I mean, the Raider game, obviously he made a lot of plays, but you know, the jump ball, you know, that's a tough thing to ask Hollywood Brown to do. You know, he's not, he's not a big guy. He's, he's got a lot of skills, but you know, and, and then you, that's something that, you know, DeAndre is, you know, a, de- a definite percentage uh, in your favor with him, his Best hands. hands in the league. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what the guy can do. So, you know, that there's that element. But sure, you would like to see it all come together. This week, though, this week it's survival mode for this team. They've yeah. got to get it done. However, it's going to be and be interesting to see what happens with the kicking situation. Do they make a change? What changes? What changes? And what can you change? You don't want to change for sake of change. I just ranted about fundamentals at the start of the show. So if you change too much, you ri- run the risk of having confusion and chaos. So you just you just have to... Get back to basics, play smart football, and hope that it ends up in being a victory on Thursday night. Well, we don't know the significance of Hollywood Brown's foot injury. He did leave the game in a walking boot on his left foot. Kyler Murray, I would imagine, is very excited, though, to get Hopkins back. And his play looks quite different when you look at the stats when he has Hopkins on the field and when he doesn't. Since 2021, including the playoffs, with DeAndre Hopkins on the field, Kyler Murray is 8 and 2. 278 passing yards per game. That's his average. Without Hopkins, Murray is 3-8 and eight with an average of 238 passing yards per game. I agree with you, Q. While Hopkins brings that new dynamic that this offense has been missing so far, 
I don't believe he's going to go ahead and just fix all the problems that this offense is having in terms of not finding rhythm, not consistently moving the chains. Yes, he will help in touchdowns, but you can't always just go to D-hop in the end zone every single time. He's going to continue to get double teamed. While he will help, he is not the end-all, be-all solution to the offense's problems. And it will be interesting to see how significant he makes, how significant the offense looks in terms of are they more efficient? Are they going to score more touchdowns this week? Because it is a short week. You have a Thursday night game, and that's also, I'm sure, going to come into account when you are looking at the injuries of James Conner and Daryl Williams returning. Justin Pugh, your starting left guard who left in a knee brace. What does Hollywood Brown's injury look like? There's a lot of questions. Dennis Gardeck went into the locker room in the second half. There's a lot of questions that you have to take in, into consideration, and you start wondering, is the player healthy enough to play, or are they not going to play Thursday night? Give them a little extra rest. I think Cardinal fans are ready for this offense to be what they are supposed to be, but especially the entire NFL and the country right now. Oh, wow, I just messed that up. Um especially with the way Thursday night football games have been going the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is ready for an offensive touchdown, and I don't think anybody is more ready than the Cardinal, Arizona Cardinals fans because if DeAndre Hopkins can come in on Thursday and open up a first-quarter touchdown, I think that would be a breath of fresh air for Cardinals fans, and especially the NFL fans because the last couple of Thursdays have been terrible to watch. So, I mean, our offense yesterday didn't score a single offensive touchdown, so it's – Really looking like Thursday night football already, but can we do it this Thursday and at least open up the game? Let's take it one step further. Can the Cardinals get a win at State Farm Stadium? Because it has been almost a full calendar year since, since Cardinals fans have been at State Farm Stadium and seen a home win. Thursday night football, two and four Cardinals hosting the two and four Saints. It's a 515 kickoff from State Farm Stadium. We will be here Friday morning, morning scramble crew breaking down the game. So be sure to live stream with us on Twitter at AZ Cardinals. You can let us know any comments or questions you might have for Q Jack for Q. Oh my goodness. I just combined (laughs) your names. Wow. It's early for Q McCorvey and Jody Jackson. I'm Danny Sarek. Thanks so much for tuning into morning scramble.